Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Excellent. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm Keith Reza. Uh, my trusty sidekick, Alan Lee, cannot be here tonight because he has a uh, personal, uh, what's that What's that called, a personal agenda that he couldn't get out of. And he wouldn't tell me what it was because I guess it was personal. <laughs> but I have uh, Razor Riffs producer, uh, Ron Jammin, on the telephone tonight. So, yeah. Ron, are you there? Ron, excellent. I've lost Ron. You know, Ron, are you there? Ron, I'm here. Oh, excellent, excellent. I was telling the folks at home. I think I lost you. Are you on a cell phone? I am. Uh you make you make sure the thing was fully charged, right? Oh, of course. Excellent. Welcome to supper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, for the folks at home that don't get that, that's a quote from the fantastic 1991 movie Nothing But Trouble. Uh, it was Directed a, by Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, man. It was such a huge bomb. I think you and I are the only people in the world who've seen it. You know what? Uh, people should know that's the film that introduced Tupac. Who's that? Oh, he's uh, kind of a famous rapper. Oh, yeah. Oh, the guy who got killed in Vegas. Yeah, he's uh, part of that band. Yeah. You know, they were singing that uh, All Around the World song. Tupac is, like, the only guy who, like, uh, every single year, he you know, he comes up with a new album, right? Yeah. He's a pretty <laughs> famous rapper from the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I know who Tupac is. I was just playing with you. Um, so, uh, before we bring in, in our guests, I wanted to give the folks at home a little about, about you, Ron, you, you, um, not only do you produce raise a risk, but you also produce a fast and the furious podcast that, and you just, re- and you just released an episode and tell, tell us like a little about that. Like, so the folks can follow that because everyone likes the fast and the furious. Oh, thank you. Are you hearing an echo? I am hearing a little bit of an echo, but I think that's just because you're on a cell phone. Oh, okay. Is that right? That's cool, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have Sprint, Verizon, T-Mobile, or Singular? Neither. I actually have uh, Consumer Cellular. (laughs) Cellular. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Uh, uh, I have Verizon, but right now I'm in a studio, so it doesn't go on my bill. All right, yeah. Yeah, so the Fast and Furious podcast. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little about that, and then uh, I'll tell us a little about our our guest tonight. Sounds good. So I just released the fifth episode, and it's called New Roads Ahead. And we talk about Fast State because they just wrapped production last month. So I interviewed two of my friends and got some cool music throughout. Uh, my buddy Mark Anthony K provided a lot of the tracks. And uh, you can download it on SoundCloud, same page, 
we have this show on. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. And that's from uh, producer Ron. He's uh, producing a lot of stuff other than the show, man. So, and I think you were doing the Fast and the Furious before you started doing this show, right? Yeah, just a, I think a little while, maybe around the same time. I've only released like five episodes. Uh-huh. The last one I released was a year ago. Oh, but you released one like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, before that, it had been a year because oh. I don't like to just release them every week because, you know, when they're doing production on the movie, there's not a lot to talk about. So it'd be like, uh, I think they're filming, but I think they're still filming, and it'd be boring. So I just release them when I have a bunch of notes saved up, and that way people can, like, really enjoy them and yeah. we just chat about the new movie. All right, well... Scope it in, guys. Now, guys, we're gonna we're gonna call in our next our, our guest of the hour. Uh, a little about her. I ran into her because my mom is a huge fan of hers, and her name is. I think it's uh, Meredith Ma- Mansony. What do you think it is, Ron? I think it's Meredith Masoni. Masoni or Masoni. Okay, I think it's Ma- Masony because it's spelled. <laughs> But we we could right, argue. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, she's really really funny. She has a, a comedy YouTube channel called That's Inappropriate, and uh, these videos are so funny. They, my mom showed me one of these videos, and I was just dying of laughter because they were like two or three minute videos. They had so many jokes in them. You know what I mean? It was just so fantastic and funny. And I sent mm-hmm. I sent you the clip, and I was like, Ron. We got to get this girl on the show. And you know what you said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excellent. Well, we're about to give Meredith a call, guys. And uh, it's going to be fun. I'm actually very uh, I'm actually very nervous because I don't – I've never t- talked to her, and I'm very shy around girls. Hello? Hi, is this Meredith? It is. Hey, Meredith. I'm. Uh, this is Keith Reza on Razor Riffs. How are you doing? Doing good. Thanks for doing the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, um, before we start the interview, uh, me and uh, producer Ron, because my trusty sidekick has like a personal thing, so he couldn't come tonight. So producer Ron is acting as the trusty sidekick. But we were ar- right. we were arguing. How do you say your last name? I say it's Masony. <laughs> It's Masony. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I told you, Keith. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Meredith, um, how I came in touch with you is my mom. I don't know if you listened to the show earlier, but I'll just give you like a quick backstory. My mom is like a huge fan of yours, and she had me watch uh, your cold video on YouTube, and I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. So I watched uh, other, I watched other videos and I just think you're very funny. Well, thank you. I'm so glad your mom follows me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm dying of laughing. By the way, just so you know, we are actually live streaming right now. Oh, you're um, on stage, so they're listening to you um, as we go hey. through, and they're they're reminding me to let you know um so i'm not invading your privacy <laughs> oh no you can invade my privacy i'm a very uh 
a very honest person, so I don't really have any privacy. Yes, well, um, we, I absolutely love it. I love that you contacted um, contacted us. The page is, uh, is I absolutely adore my, my community. Um, we are, we, we have a lot of fun, and um, we like to joke and talk about, you know, the real stuff. The, the the nitty gritty life stuff and so it's it's fun and we we find the humor in that so uh it's it's good it's very good it's also real humor which i think is fascinating because a lot of a lot of a lot of people who do youtube clips they don't post real humor you know what i mean so. well i think that's the one thing about this community that you'll find is we we're we're, we're in the middle of that we're kind of like trenches parents you know yeah so you have to find the humor in that because that's what we're doing day to day. So it's it's easy to 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 find what's what funny what's funny to me a lot of times is what's funny to the to most every other parent because they're going through it or they've been through it or they're getting ready to go through it. So it's almost like we kind of hit parents on every every aspect, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so how did uh, that's inappropriate like. How did it form? Um, well, let's see. About two years ago, I decided that I was going to start a blog because I actually had gotten sick, and <clears throat> and it was kind of scary because I thought I had cancer. There was like this month where <laughs> I wasn't no, I didn't know if it was cancer or wasn't cancer. They found this tumor in my chest. I had to go through like all of these tests and they basically told me, you know, you, um, you know, we're going to have to go in, you have to have this big surgery. And so I kind of had to prepare for the worst, right? And then hope for the best. Mm -hmm. And so after I get this news and I'm told you got to go in and have this big surgery, I spent the next like three weeks, like trying to find a a wife for my husband because I was like convinced (laughs) I was going to kick the bucket. So I'm like searching match for like you know women for him and I'm thinking all right like what what do you want next time you want a blonde do you want somebody with like a nice rack like you know what's your thing obviously um brunettes with no boobs like I get you're into that but maybe next time you try something else you know and so I'm talking to him and he does not find this funny at all right because this is like super stressful but I I don't have the ability to really hold um, anything too serious for too long. It makes me super uncomfortable. So yeah. we kind of had this like really weird, um, like, like in like in between area where we're trying to figure stuff out and get things ready and go through this. And I just, I was really lucky. It wasn't cancer. I, I had this big surgery. I was down and out for a couple of weeks. I finally got home and I looked at my husband and I was like, you know, that was really scary and I think I have to I think I have to do something and he's like well what and I'm like you know I've been talking about writing and kind of getting out there and doing something different for a year and I never did it and like I could have been chopped meat like I could have been done for and I didn't do the things that I wanted to do I was happy with my life I was I was happy with my kids happy in my marriage but there was like kind of something missing and I kept telling him that there was something else I was supposed to be doing and he's like you want to write a blog write a blog and so I was like all right I'm gonna write a blog and so that's inappropriate was born back in October of 2014 and I just started writing uh, about the daily, you know, grind, the the things that we all go through, the 
pooping in public with your kids and like, you know, the, the disaster that is taking them out to eat and what it's like to, um, you know, have three kids under the age of eight in your house and, you know, the, the constant chaos. And to be honest, you know, nobody was, nobody read it. Wow. <laughs> nobody read it. Uh-huh. Except, you know, like when you'd beg like a family member, um, you know, read this, tell me what you think type thing. But, um, after about, I think when I was when I was writing today, I went back. I was looking at some of the posts. After about eight months, it took me eight months to find some steam and start to get published in other places. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of started to roll from you know um, Huffington Post to Pop Sugar to um, Scary Mommy to some of these other you know these bigger sites. And um, then it kind of it, you know the community started to grow and it, it kind of took off a little bit. Yeah, I think I think that's awesome because. All your yeah. all your YouTube clips have so many views, like at least fifty thousand on one of them, on the month. So yeah, well, I mean, I've got yeah the 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 Mother's Day one is somewhere around that sixty or something. I was Man Cold was the biggest one. I think we're at like one hundred and fifty thousand on that one. But and that just um, came out like a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that was September 1st. It was funny because I was, I was uh, at a surgery center having a scope because they were checking to see how things were going from that other surgery because I've had three surgeries in the past two years. Right. And so they, they were checking on some stuff, and I posted it right before they wheeled me back, and it was an accident <laughs> that I posted it because we normally don't post till the afternoon, but I couldn't get the scheduler to work on my phone, right? So I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, just screw it watch the video while I go in because I had a feeling it was going to do well. I said, you know, I, I think this one's going to do good. Just watch it. Right. So when I came out, he was like, you've got like 50,000 views on Facebook. I'm like, I was only back there. I was only back there an hour. I'm like, check it wow. again. And he, yeah, he's like, it's at 50,000 views. And so I was like freaking out. I was like, holy crap, we've never had 50,000 views in an hour. I'm like, what the hell's going on? So, you know, we stop for lunch and it's like 70,000 and then we get home and it's like 100,000. I was like, holy crap. And so that one just took off like wildfire. And um, it, I think it did well because I got to be honest, it's true. Like my husband is a big stinking man baby when he gets sick. And I knew I wasn't alone. I knew that there were other women and men who have come to me and emailed me and said, yeah, I act just like that when I'm sick. So there was definitely some truth to that, for sure. Yeah, because when I get a cold, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I act like that, too. You know, I i have my mom make me chicken noodle soup. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the whole star noodles. People were um, emailing me, can you send me some soup with star noodles? It's like, no, I'm not sending you any soup. Get out of here. So it's, um, it's, it's fun. And he actually... Uh, he doesn't help me film, but he came in and I, I needed help because I wanted to actually hand the bowl of soup, you know, over. And, and so he got behind the camera for me and he was helping me with some stuff. And then I, I, I threw it on the computer and while I was editing, I was like, you want to watch it? And, you know, he sits down and I'm watching him watch it and I'm watching his face and he's like, I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. And I'm like, no, you do, you do. And then he started smirking a little bit. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's true. And so it was pretty funny to watch him, you know, watch, watch my edit. And uh, I think he, 
I think he was okay. He doesn't, he's not necessarily ever okay with the things that I do, but I think he understands that it's something that I have to do. So he lets me, he lets me go and he's supportive, which is, which is very nice. Yeah, that's a good husband. And it sounds like you're a great wife if you're offering to find a new wife if you die. Like that's. Well, that's important, you know. You need – he can't do it by himself. There's three of these people <laughs> around, you know. It's not like – it's it's not easy. I mean, we barely function with the two of us. Right. If, if he were down and out without me, I think that would be tough. So, And, of course, <laughs> if I if I kick the bucket, I want him to have a nice-looking wife, you know. Yeah. Um, I did request that if I pass, the ashes had to go on a mantle above the bed – so that she has to look at those while she's in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> a, little, a little twisted, but I always wanted to have the highest spot, you know, above the bed there. So yeah. that was a requirement if I, if I, if I passed. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't have a cat, do you? A cat? Yeah. Why? Well, because I saw this movie called Meet the Parents. and uh... Oh, God, yes, I saw that. Oh. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay. But uh, so how much of these, like, was the cough video, for example, was it completely improvised or did you write down the jokes and memorize it or did you just film it and improvise it then edit? I don't script out any of my videos. So oh. what I do is I basically come up with an idea and, uh, you know, like this, the man cold video was literally, I had been sick for a week. And he had come in and was saying something to me while I was working and doing laundry and getting dinner cooked. And he's like, you know, I have a, a very scratchy throat. I think I'm going to have to lay down. I might be getting sick. And I looked at him and I was like, is he serious right now? Like, I have been sick for a week and I have not stopped. And so it literally was a Sunday afternoon and I jumped up and I set up the camera and I'm like, I'm making a video. Um, so I he was gone he had run out for something and I was literally shooting this and when he came back I like drug him in and I'm like help me finish this yeah. and then I it took me probably I don't know 90 minutes to edit that one because usually I'll shoot anywhere from 8 to 12 minutes worth of video and then I just chop yeah. until I get it exactly the way I want but I don't really script anything it's all basically um it's just me you know it's just me spitting whatever I think you know, will work. And then the magic of editing is putting it all back together so that it makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's actually really quite amazing because, uh, I come mm. from a comedy background of stand up comedy and I, what you do is like, you got to write the jokes, practice the jokes and polish the jokes. But with you, it just sounds like it just comes natural. So I think that that's, yeah. that's really amazing. Well, I've done stand-up a few times. I enjoy stand-up, but the oh. thing, that I did, thing that I didn't like about stand-up was that I didn't have that ability to, um, to, to like, I can use my editing software to make it so smooth and go through. Mm -hmm. I, I, it made me nervous. I think being up on the stage and in front of all those people made you nervous. So I didn't... Um, I, I, I did well. I did okay, let's say, but it wasn't something that I had tons of warm fuzzies with because I was nervous in front of in front of people like that. Yeah. The nice thing about about you know shooting video here is that I get to go ahead and 
I get to I get to edit until I know it I know it's exactly what I want. Yeah. So yeah. stand up stand up is tough because I have I've probably done it, I don't know, five or six times and it it was tough. You know, so I give tons of kudos to people that go up and do that over and over again because I've you know, it it is it is very, very hard to do. Well, sometimes, like, people just have to find their thing. And, like, uh, you know, like, for example, I got into stand-up because I have autism. And I wasn't really mm-hmm. I really wasn't really good at making friends and stuff. So I did stand-up comedy to uh, hide my suffering and stuff. And it seems mm-hmm. like you did these videos because you thought, you know, your time was up. And it just, I feel like, I feel when I watch your videos, I feel there's a real joy that you really enjoyed doing these videos and you enjoy making people laugh it it, absolutely it's it is to say that this is my passion i i adore my community and i absolutely love to shoot video i love to make people laugh um i also my son my five-year-old's autistic and um it was easier to hear the news that my that my son was being diagnosed with autism to have this community to share it with so i after getting his diagnosis, which we knew was coming because he has other issues. So we knew we knew that this day was going to come. But the day we actually got the autism diagnosis, my husband and I talked and we let it we let it, you know, sit for a few days. And we didn't really talk to anybody else about it. And we just kind of kept it to ourselves so we could kind of, you know, decompress and, and kind of go through stuff. And then the next thing I did was I wrote a blog post about it. And I talked about, I actually wrote a letter to him about his diagnosis and about what that meant to me and and what we were going to do moving forward. And I hit publish and I, my family wasn't super thrilled with me because they were reading about this along with, you know, thousands of other people, but it was how I had to process and how I had to do that. And it was, it, the feedback that I got from everyone was so wonderful because they were it was other autism moms it was people talking about how they've dealt with it you know behaviorists that they've used all of these different things and so it was it was amazing to see how much love you could get from a community um in order to you know with something so personal like your child being diagnosed with autism so it was it was amazing to have that and and yeah i mean this is this is my you know, this is my passion. I mean, these are my, I found my people. Isn't it great when you find your people? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's no greater joy in it, you know, than making people laugh. So it's, yeah. Yeah. That's, I love it. I love it. And that's the thing is it's hard for me to find those serious moments sometimes because you get that. I'm sure you have the same thing, you know, you get that uncomfortable feeling and you're like, gosh, I want to crack an awful joke right now. I don't even know what to do. And it's hard because, that's just not how you're built. If you're built like we are, you know, you just, you want to roll to the next joke. Well, and, and sometimes that can be tough. It's, it's tough on my family. It's tough probably on my husband. Cause when he's trying to get me to talk about something serious and I'm, you know, making some awful, you know, joke, yeah. it, it can be, it can be hard. <laughs> well, some people take jokes, uh, way too, like, for example, I have Asperger's, so I don't have a filter, you know what I mean? So I just say what's on my mind when it's on my mind. And my family got really mad at me because a few years ago I lost my grandfather to death, and my grandma tried to comfort me, and I was just like, oh, why couldn't it have been you? And, <gasps> oh. and, I, 
And I thought <laughs> I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because I miss my grandfather. I'm thinking if you would have died, we would have went to the Spearmint Rhino and spend money on life insurance, you know? <laughs> and my family just did not like me for like three years after that. I was like, I didn't I didn't say I don't love you, you know what I mean? I just I don't know. But that's a classic example of no filter. For you and not crap. Yeah. Yeah, but that but I but I understand. I do. I totally understand. And and my son, my my uh, youngest who uh, who's autistic, there's no filter. Yeah. So explaining something to him or, or explaining to him that that's not how we say things or what we talk about or how we discuss something, it's just very difficult because it's like, no, it's, you know, it's, it's black and white. It's like, no, it's just how it is. And it's like, no, you can't say that because people get upset. And he's like, yeah, but that's what it is. And it's like, well, you're right. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's socially acceptable. So, you yeah. know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard to do to, to I, I can't imagine. Well, I do have a rough time with a filter myself, but that's simply because I run at the mouth. But, right. you know, it's tough when you're watching your kid do, do that and you don't want them to struggle as a parent. You never want your kids to struggle, but it's also good because you're learning how to survive and adapt. And that's just part of it. And I mean, and look, you, you're got a thinking radio show. You're doing just fine, you know, filter, no filter. Yeah. You have to work I, at it. I agree. And I learned so much like, uh, like I learned from that night, my grandmother lost a lot of love for me. <laughs> Yes, yes, there you go. You learned a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ron, did you have any questions for Meredith? Yes. Hello, Meredith. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your live stream shows. Besides the one you're doing right now, I see that you do some on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So this is a special live thing. This mm-hmm. is a special. Tuesday temperature check because you guys uh, were going to call me and so some some people were concerned that they weren't going to be able to figure out how to log in and listen right so I said I'll just live stream it and that way if you want to come in they can come in so Monday nights we do something called mimosa Monday Uh and we basically come in and we talk about what's going on with our week you know what was the what was the best part of Monday because Mondays usually suck so we like to talk about a good thing that happened on Monday Sometimes we talk about, you know, trending topics or what's going on, but it's kind of getting catered and and, um, pushed towards mom or parenting issues. And so what I'm going to start doing as of next week is letting um, people message me or email me with topics they want to talk about, and then I'm going to devote 10, 15 minutes to talking about whatever issue that they're dealing with, whether it's a potty training issue or an issue with um, behavior or things like that. And so we're going to be able to spend some time on parent questions and, you know, viewer questions and, you know, talk about, you know, what they're struggling with and, and, and have a drink. We have mimosas. You can, you can show up to the party with anything you want, you know, diet ginger ale or a champagne flute. Um, but we kind of toast the fact that we've made it through Monday. Yeah. And then... Mamosa. <laughs> yeah, mamosa. M O M. So Wednesdays are um, wine days, and so basically we talk about um, it's like a midweek check-in, and we kind of just talk about you know pop culture stuff, what's going on. We talk about pretty much anything. We had a really a really interesting wine day a couple a couple Wednesdays ago 
when um, my husband had texted me the eggplant emoji during the day. And so, of course, I get a little message with the eggplant emoji, and my phone was, was down, and it was dinging. And so my daughter runs it over to me, and she's like, hey, um, Dad is text, uh, texting you eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. What does that mean? And I'm like, get my phone. And so I grab it from her, and I'm like, don't read my text messages. And she's like, does that mean we're going to have eggplant for dinner? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, just go away. So... <laughs> Of course, I post this to Facebook and have to explain now that I'm, you know, telling my daughter, yeah, we were going to have eggplant, but I forgot to buy it at the store. And so we talked about the the whole what an eggplant emoji was. And so everybody's sending in pictures of eggplants and they're messaging me these, you know, big, you know, pictures of like uh, Blue Aprons eggplant dinners and all this stuff. And so everybody got a huge kick about so then people are asking, I don't know what an eggplant is, what an egg, what's an eggplant? So I'm having to explain how men use that as a reference to their genitalia um, in the, uh, you know, in the live feed. And so now everybody makes fun of me and, you know, sends me eggplant memes. And we actually had a coloring contest. Um, we did an adult coloring page on Sunday for a gift card to the online store. And we, I, I had my husband do a big eggplant to color in. And so we had like 50 entries of these colored in eggplants. It was hysterical. Everybody was <laughs> really good sport about it, you know. And so usually we finish off the week with a dance it out Friday mm-hmm. and we kind of spend 15, 20 minutes. I literally dance in front of my TV with the radio blaring and we kind of usher out the week and we talk about, you know, what's happening and you know, what was so great about the week and we kind of just welcome, welcome the weekend. And it's just a nice way to decompress. And it's kind of like a big, um, it's a big party. You know, I kind of use these live streams as a way to get together with everybody in the community. And basically it's like a party bus, right? So you, everybody goes in, I'll talk and we, and, you know, I talk to everybody that I can. The, the feeds go really, really fast. So sometimes you can't see what people are saying or, or, or what their message is. But right. <laughs> um, my husband is a really good sport. And so he will text me as the feeds are going on. If I miss somebody, we can go back. And so, so nice. you know, it's a nice way to interact with everybody. We do coffee chats Friday mornings and we... You know, it's just it's it's a way to connect with everybody because, like I said, it's it's absolutely one hundred percent about the community and about supporting each other and making sure that we're all, you know, that we're all doing that we're all doing well. And that that's the thing. You know, this community has given me so much, so I always want to make sure. Um, I always want to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can for the community. It's kind of like I like that. It's kind of like your own uh, little reality uh, show that you have then, right? You have it four it's days. It's like a weird, remember that movie, The Truman Show? Or right. The Truman? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. It's a little bit like that. Little bit like that. And I, I want them, because I want everybody to see it's not, there's just not funny all the time. You know, there's, 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 there's arguments, there's issues, things come up. Um, I did a video a, a couple weeks back where I was literally sitting on the floor crying. I was bawling my eyes out, sitting in front of a pile of dog poop. And it was, uh, you know, I was overwhelmed. Things were, you know, it was just after the video went viral. And, and I was 
getting so many messages and, and my email was flooded and I couldn't keep up with stuff and I was trying to respond to people, do laundry. I was late to pick up the kids from school and I walked through a massive pile of dog poop. Ugh. And I'm literally sitting there crying in front of a pile of poop. And as I'm, I take out my phone and I'm recording this to talk to, um, to everybody, I start to laugh, you know, cause I'm like, I'm crying over poop. Like that's what I'm doing right now. I'm physically crying over this large pile of dog poo. And so I couldn't stop but laugh. And I was, you know, talking about how we have to scoop the poop and we have to continue to go with, with the rest of our day. Just because we're introduced to a pile of massive dog dew doesn't mean that you get to stop. Like, you got to keep going. And so I was just talking about, you know, metaphorical poop and actual poop and life. And so as, as, as much as I love the funny and I love to tell jokes and I love to interact and talk to the community, they have to know that, you know, I cry. I have really rough days. Sometimes I hide underneath my desk and, you know, complain about my kids because I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And everything because it's not just laugh. It's what it's what we all do. You know, if you take off the roof of, of everybody's house in the United States at, at any given moment in time, you're going to find a majority of families are doing the same thing. And so you have to bring that out as well. It can't just be all the good, glitzy, glamoury stuff, which I'm the least glamorous person on the planet. But you have to talk about everything because that's, that's what, you know. I totally agree because, like, I'm actually just like that. Like, sometimes my Facebook posts, they'll be like a little – I mean, Ron, you're my friend on Facebook, you know. Like, sometimes they'll be mm-hmm. a little dark and depressive – and, you know, my family's like, oh, my God, is Keith okay? It's like, no, I, I just I just don't feel like being funny right now. I can't be funny 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? Right. So. Right. You can't. And I don't think that anybody expects us to be that. But at the same time, you know, they do worry because for the most part, I'd say we're – I'm a relatively upbeat individual. But, you know, if you stepped in a pile of dog poop – you know, fresh at that, fresh poop, um, while you're having a really rough day, that can kind of t- give, you know, take you down a, a couple of pegs. And and it wasn't just the dog poop, obviously. It was everything that was weighing on me at that moment in time. So you have to talk about those things as well because that's the rest of the package. Yeah. So I don't, I never want to leave that out because everybody needs to know, everybody needs to know that it's, it's okay. Like you got to scoop and you got to go to the next thing. You got to go, you got to go, you got to go. And so it's, it's, it's important. It's important to not leave those pieces out because I'm not just the funny mom that makes, you know, YouTube videos. I'm, I'm a part of a much bigger community. Um, I'm a very small piece of a much bigger community, you know, because there's, there's so many of us now. I mean, I don't know what we're up to, but I think it's somewhere around like 228,000 on Facebook. Wow. You know, it's much, much much bigger than just, you know, me making funny videos, this community and these women and, and, and even these, these guys in here, they all reach out to each other. They all talk to each other. They all, you know, they message with each other and, and it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's big. It's a big deal. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I think it's fantastic. And on the, yeah. on a positive note, I mean, this, this might not come off as a compliment, but you uh, you may put uh, stepping in dog poop 
viral. So that's got to be positive in a row, right? Because like, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say, um, you know, for sure. It, it, but but it really it led to something else as well. And I'm actually in the middle of um, of writing a book. Yeah, I want and, to talk about that. Yeah, I read that. Yeah. yeah, that was a big. You know, the 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 poop was um, was pretty big, and it led me. It kind of pushed me over the edge. I had talked about a book for over a year, and I. I wasn't sold on the idea because I wasn't exactly sure what the angle was going to be. So I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And the day I stepped in the poop was actually the day I decided that I was going to, in fact, write the book. And so I've been working on that um, for a few weeks now. I'm actually, I just crossed 89 or 90 pages today. So I am past the halfway mark. Um, Once I get that finished up, it's going to head over to the editor and I am crossing my fingers and hoping that it is going to be a quick process through editing right. so that we can hopefully have something out um, out the other end relatively quickly. Um, so we shall see. And are you going are are to sell this book on your store? I, I hope so. That's the goal. I want to – oh, there it goes. The business manager was yelling at me. My phone was buzzing. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> um, I, I hope so. Um, obviously, I'm gonna. I'll probably. I'm debating which publishing route I'm going right now, but the book will be on my store for sure. Yeah. Uh, we just haven't decided what's the best way to go at this point because obviously I've never published a book, so we have. We're doing our research. Yeah, writing writing a book is hard because uh, I'm actually writing a book, but I'm only on like one chapter, and I've been doing it for like two years. So I don't know if I'm either a great writer or a real lazy writer. Yeah. Well, you, you definitely have to be, um, you have to be, what's the right word? You, you, you're, you will be struck when you're struck and you know that you have something to write about. Yeah. It, it can, I, I am positive that cause I've had writer's block. I have literally been in, um, I have literally been stuck sitting in front of a screen before trying to only write a blog post, you know, where I'm like, you just have to get out 800 words, just do it. Yeah. And if it's there and you don't feel it, you can't get out 800 words. Like it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. I literally have those aha moments with the poop and that is, and, and I was struck, you know what I mean? So it was something that was now that doesn't mean that it, I could struggle from page 91 to, you know, 150. I just kind of, you know, when you're in that zone, so I'm going to take my happy butt over to Starbucks tomorrow and park it there to try and get a change of scenery tomorrow and, and, and plow through. I'm going to try to plow through another 25 pages or so. Yeah, that, that's a good goal because I think it, whenever you write, if you because I just finished writing a movie, I think I put off the book because I was writing the movie, but my goal was to write <laughs> uh, three to four pages a day. Right. And it's really hard. Like writing it, I always thought it would be easy, but I don't don't think people understand that writing is probably the toughest job in the world because you have to please yourself and then you have to think, oh, I have to please everyone else too in words. You know what I mean? Well, you do. You do. And and if you're, and it also depends on why you're writing the book. Yeah. You know, so if you're writing the book, if you're writing the book because you feel like you have to say something, and it has to be heard, you'll find the way to get those words out. If you're writing a book because you want somebody else to 
read it and like it, that's definitely going to be tough because you're thinking about all of the reasons why they they won't, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I think with people like us as well, self-doubt is just, it can be crippling. I mean, I remember when I put up the first blog post and it was like, nobody's going to read this. I remember when we opened the online store, it was like, nobody's going to buy my tank tops or want, you know, my, my, my swag. When I posted my first YouTube video, I was like, there's no way anybody's ever going to watch this. And you just have that, that doubt that anybody is going to, um, you know, pay attention to anything that you're doing. And so it sneaks in there and it kind of builds its, its nest and it sits down and you have to do everything possible to, to push it out because, it, it can just be, you know, it can be crippling and you can just sit there frozen with this fear of, well, nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to watch. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to read. So it's, it's, it's hard, but that's why if you've got a good support, if you've got people behind you that are telling you, you know, keep going, keep pushing, you can get it done. But it, but, but by no means is it easy. None of, none of this is easy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you have to wait for the ideas to come and, Sometimes you have to wait for those moments of inspiration. Because like Meredith, like you said, sometimes you'll sit down and you'll write a ton. And then the next time you'll sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to try and write this many pages. And it's like you don't have any ideas at that time. So it's all a matter of inspiration and just kind of writing in your head first before you can sit down and, you know, put the stuff on paper. Right. And that's exactly what it is. Because when it's, when, you know, the floodgates open today, um, it was quiet in the house. I had opportunity. I started going. I was digging. I was working. Um, and, you know, but like you said, you don't know what tomorrow I could get there and be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I cannot believe this. You know, so you, you never really know. And that's, ha and that's happened with me before with videos too, where I've sat, I've set the camera up and I'm like, I have the funniest idea. And I've shot, I would, I shot for, you know, 26 minutes and took it back in and dumped the footage and was like, I can't even, there's not a minute of usable video here. Like this sucks, <laughs> like terrible. And I'm trying, I'm like, maybe I can get some awful gag reel. And it's like, nope, this was the worst thing I've ever shot. And, you know, and it's like, it's hard to swallow that pill because you're like, damn, like I just spent 30 minutes of my time trying to get this idea to work. And it, it's, you know, it flopped. It was terrible, you know, because they, they can't all be winners either, even though I think it's funny. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't sell. It doesn't mean it's going to, you know, like, you know, I always use it. The, I, I always tell my husband, like, is this going to go over like a fart in church or what? Like, is this going to work or not? You know, and he's like, I don't <laughs> think it's funny. And I'm like, well, I think it's funny. And usually if he says it's not funny and I say it's funny, it works. Yeah. Because he told me. He told me my Mother's Day video was awful, and he was like, that is not funny. The editing stunk, and I don't like it. And I'm like, well, I'm releasing it. And then it hit 11 million views, and I was like, oh, I, I think it worked. I think it was good. It, yeah, I, I <laughs> thought the Mother's Day one was hilarious. I also thought the Will You Be My Friend one, that one had me in tears, too. Oh, yeah, but that one, that one I, because, and here's the thing, it's all true. Yeah. Like, that, that, it was completely true. Like, I don't return stuff. Like, if you borrow it, if I borrow it, I am not giving it back. I will break it. <laughs> I will lose it. I will probably lend it to somebody else, but you will never get your stuff back. Yeah. Like, if you come to my house, I'll promise you things like dinner and, and whatever, but, like, you better show up with food because I didn't cook anything, you know? Like, I am the worst 
post. I am like, I'm a terrible friend. It's like, no, this is, you know, like, but you have to like sign on for that. You know, like, you know, going in that I just have very poor social skills when it comes to being like, I don't want to hug. Like when you come in, like, don't hug me. Like we can high five it, you know, like, but I'm just, I'm terrible, but it's all true. And my, my, um, my good friends, you know, when they saw that they were like, Oh, this is, this is you to a T. And I'm like, well, should I have lied? And they're like, no, it's just better you tell the truth. Well, also, so, I find it fascinating that you think that you're not a good friend, yet these videos, they really cheer people up. So to me, that is a good friend. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, you, you what, what the typical, um, what you think of as somebody who's a typical good friend would definitely not, you know, I, I, I'm late to everything. Yeah. Sometimes I stuff I can't deliver but in the end honestly you know true you know true and true blue like I've got your back like I will do you know like I said in the video I'll do anything you need I don't want to really watch your kids because I don't really want to watch mine but like (laughs) but like I'll help you out if you need it I just I joke because like I said before I joke around because it's it's my nature but at the same time I always throw honesty in there because I'm not going to sell you a, a you know something that's not true I'm not going to sell you a line of BS so yeah, most that's... of the time you'll find a lot of truth in the videos because I, I that's the place I work from and I think that's what makes a lot of people successful is when they don't sell the BS they got to sell the truth I, I agree with that and I think sometimes and we know that like pe- we're smart enough we're smart enough to know when somebody's trying to sell us a line right so yeah. if we're watching and we're watching a YouTuber or if we're watching a comedian or somebody that, that's trying just too hard with something sometimes it turn. I mean it, it'll turn you off when a comedian is trying to talk about when sometimes when comedians talk about um, kids you know like they don't have kids they're not a parent yet but they want to tell you make all these crack all these jokes about how to raise your kid or whatever right and it's like all right you know you you might have some funny material there but where what are you basing this off of because you know you don't if you don't have kids and you want to you want to crack jokes about potty training it's like yeah all right but you have no idea the nightmare that that actually is unless you've actually yeah on in the middle of the night while you're trying to drag a kid out of bed to potty train them and they're still asleep so they just stand up and just pee all over you like <laughs> that happened to me several times so i'm sure i've done that to my mom that, before <laughs> yeah yeah i still love that you opened with your mom as a fan <laughs> I, I i don't think i got any more than that you know i have to be honest <laughs> oh i was wondering um my mom's name is Jill Reza. I was wondering, can you wish her a happy birthday for me? Yes, Jill. Happy, happy, happy birthday. I am so glad you are a part of the community because this has been um, this has been a very fun interview. I have to tell you, I've done I've done quite a few podcasts and different things, but I gotta say, you guys have uh, killed it tonight. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, we're running out of time, Ron. Do you have any final questions for Meredith? I do. Meredith, uh, what advice would you give to people trying to build a following, you know, establish a brand on social media? Oh, that's a great question. That is a good question. I I do get that question a lot. Um, I do get that question a lot. And I, I will tell you that back to what we were talking about earlier, 
being who you are, whoever that is, whatever that person is, that's what you have to do to build a brand and build a presence because people are coming to you for what you're selling them, right? Mm -hmm. And so what Mm -hmm. I do, I am selling me. Let's be honest. I want you to come and join in in the feeds. I want you to come and watch the videos. I want you to come and be a part of this. And so I'm selling myself. And what I have done and the thing that has, has, I think the reason it's been successful is I'm giving you what you want. I'm giving you the honest, full, this is all Meredith. This is what you ask for. This is what you're going to get. I'm not going to sell you a line. I'm going to give you everything that's going on in my, in my gourd. I'm going to tell you because you can relate with that. If I sat on here and I tried to sell, um, let's say I wanted to to talk about, um, like really exciting makeup tips. Mm Mm-hmm. Nobody on my blog is going to want to read that because number one, they know that I, I only wear makeup when it, when I have to, like I did a a TV interview the other day and I had to put makeup on because I was scared what my face would look like in high definition without anything on. And if I tried to follow uh, a makeup tutorial, they would laugh at me because they know that that's not me. And that's the furthest thing from anything I could possibly do. Right. So your brand has got to be, it has to be you and it has to be completely 100% relatable to to the audience that you're trying to sell it to or that you're trying to engage with. And then once you find your people, I am a firm believer in the fact that your people are going to take care of you and they're going to to buy word of mouth, they're going to share your stuff, they're going to talk about you, they're going to invite others to the community because they they want to be there with you. Yeah. Right? That's true, so, and you've you've, right. pro- you've you've proven that. Yeah. So. Well, and that's I mean honestly that you know and 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 I deem that this has been successful not because I've made any money because I've I've really not we've 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 got you know we've, we're selling some stuff on the store I'm working really really hard to try and um, you know finish up some projects like the books and things like that but I'm not basing my success on my bank account I can't I've dumped thousands and thousands of dollars and blogging equipment and cameras and web design and all of this stuff. But if, if I had to base, am I a success on how much money I've made? The answer is no. If I'm basing my success on the fact that I've created and worked towards cultivating a community that I am so unbelievably passionate about that my heart is full, I'm winning. You know what I mean? Like I am completely 100% winning right now. And that is what's important. And I think um, I think that's the think, best success. Right. And I think if you're patient and I think if you work hard at some point, will money come? I hope because I want to do this as my full time thing. I want to be able to help support my family. Mm-hmm. But I have to be I have to be true and honest and 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 I can't sell out. I have to do what I what I think is is the complete best. Um, for the community and for for what we're doing, and that you know, and, and I think what what I think the reason that I'm almost positive this is going to be a success is we have had 99% organic reach. I don't pay to boost things. I don't pay to um, advertise those things. We do this on shares and likes and, um, and and just the community. The community does this. The community has done this on pure organic growth. That's awesome. That's impressive. Now, Meredith, I, I hate to cut it short, but I just got the light. So 
Is there any way the light, the, yeah, the light means the uh, time is up? Is there anywhere where the folks can follow you, reach you out on Twitter, Instagram? Uh, that's inappropriate. I am. I'm on Instagram and Twitter um, and and the Snapchat now at um, that's an appro pro and I am on Facebook that's inappropriate and they can head over to the blog at www.thatsinappropriate.com awesome well right. I, I would love to have you back next year if you, you'd be interested because I think you're very interesting absolutely. and very funny absolutely I had a blast I had a blast alright Meredith well thank you again guys thank, thank you so you. much thank you bye bye all right, guys. Hi, Meredith. Are you still there, Ron? I'm still here. Oh, that was awesome, man. We got we got to wrap it up fast, but uh, that was uh, Meredith Masony, and uh, she's part of that's uh, inappropriate. Uh, give her mm-hmm. give her page a like on Facebook, and follow her on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. I don't even know what Snapchat is. I should probably get on that, but. I don't like to chat while I snap, I guess. I don't know. Well, Ron, thanks. Yeah, I'm not too sure it is either. <laughs> well, Ron, thanks for talking with me, pal. I mean, I, I know uh, you're a great producer, and I think everyone needs to know that. So uh, thank you for all your well, hard work. You. And um, Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and then uh, Alan Lee missed a great show, man. So Yeah, he did. I think- Alan? I, think, uh, I hope everything's okay with you. Oh, and I, I just want to quickly remind all the listeners out there, rate and review the show on iTunes. We really appreciate it so we can come back for season four. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I think Alan and Meredith would have got along really good. I think Alan would have asked her out. Yeah, I didn't even know that she had done stand-up comedy. That's awesome. Yeah, and then we would have been like, Alan, she's married. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Ron, thanks, Pally. Uh, all right, guys, uh, give me a follow on Facebook and Twitter, Keith Reza, K-I-T-H-R-E-Z-A, and like the fan page, Reza Riffs, R-E-Z-A-R-I-F-T-S. And it was a great show. And, again, uh, follow Meredith at That's Inappropriate, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again, guys. Audio. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there, www.stereo.com slash Keith and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash Keith If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.